0: Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. So joining me today on the podcast is my new friend, Michael Sean Carbaugh, who is a music teacher, a pastor at Pond Hill Baptist Church in North Haven, Connecticut, owner of Unison Games Cafe in Hamden, and he's got a new multi-use studio in the works. Michael, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing this morning?
1: Pretty good, Gino. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to have you. So yeah, if you first want to start by telling me a little bit about yourself, Maybe talking about like where you went to school and, and what you went to school for would be a good start. Yeah,
1: totally. So I I went to this this college in uh Ohio called Cedarville University. And I went for music and with a minor in Bible. It's a Christian school out there, liberal arts Christian school. So it was cool because I got to interact with a lot of different people. And I went for classical music. And the first thing that my classical professor told me that was my composition professor. He asked, Are you sure you didn't want to be a worship major? Because I kind of told him my, you know, my idea, and uh, that I wanted to be a pastor and that I wanted to write music. And I told him, No, I definitely want to learn classical music because I felt that there was an importance with that. The problem was I hadn't really taken any uh, official music classes up to that point. So I went to small schools for my education prior to that. And all I had taken really was guitar lessons, which is why he was like, well, maybe you just want to play guitar in a worship band or something like that. But I kind of muddled my way through that program and uh, I ended up doing all right. And I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Music with an emphasis in composition and music technology. So with the intention of doing a lot of recording, editing, composing, writing both songs like singer-songwriter type things, worship songs for the church, but also writing some classical things as well, some film score, stuff like that. That was sort of my intention coming out of college that I was going to do the pastor thing and I was going to do the composer, songwriter, producer thing. So I ended up being offered a job at the church where I grew up in. And it was a really cool opportunity. I grew up there actually because my father is the pastor at this church. And it had been getting to the point where he needed to hire somebody for a long time. He had had some like interns, maybe like in my high school years. And I had ended up picking up most of the music part of the church when I was in high school anyway. And then I left for college. And I think he realized that it was just a little too much for him to be to be doing, which I totally empathize with now, because we never had another full-time person on staff until I came on, and I have no idea how he was doing all that before, <laughs> before I was there, because it's a lot of work, but, but anyway, so he offered me a job to come back and work at the church, and so that was kind of my salaried gig, and it still is, actually, my salaried gig, and so, I started doing that and there I wear a lot of hats at the at the church. It's a smaller church. So both of us kind of do a lot of different things, but obviously I'm in charge of the music with my music background. I'm also in charge of the student and family ministries. So this week, I actually got to like baptize one of our kids, which was really cool. And uh, I'm also over the young adult programs so for like 20s and 30s and uh, our children's programs. I preach a lot. I do a lot with outreach and evangelism event organizing stuff like that it's a really good time. yeah, it's a really it's a really fun job. it's different every week but there's also certain rhythms to it And then all the while while I was doing that I also developed this uh, studio of students that I was teaching. so my primary instrument is guitar, but I also sing and I play piano and I can play basically anything that has strings and frets. So I've taught a lot of different things even like music technology lessons I was teaching somebody how to do like live sound for a little while, banjo, ukulele, singing, songwriting, all that kind of stuff. So I started that actually in high school, and kind of kept it going. I had a job with the Salvation Army teaching kids in Ohio when I was in college as well, and came back, kind of developed that. So even still, again, that's another thing that I've been doing for, it's been like 10 years now of teaching, which is really cool. And I've written a lot, a lot of songs, and uh, currently I'm working on an album and i'm also doing covers and releasing those as well
0: nice that's awesome so definitely music has been a theme throughout your uh education and and work career which is really cool and it's cool you get to blend uh your music degree with your church it's kind of a unique way i think of being able to use that so yeah so moving on to like your next project uh tell me a little bit more about unison games cafe um and how that got started and, and when that got started and everything
1: Definitely. Yeah. So that's something that I really didn't expect. I was always kind of a nerd, so I liked comic books growing up. And uh, when I went to college, I had a roommate that was like really into comics. So I was into certain comics I started dating, realized that that cost money and stopped following comics. Then I went back to college, had this roommate and somebody actually sent me a care package with the Spider-Man comics that kind of reignited it for me. And I started, you know, spending like all my play money on comic books at that point. Got out and like through that world, I kind of also became exposed because a lot of comic stores are also uh, game stores. Got exposed to trading cards a little bit. And that was something that I kind of forgotten about because as a kid, I had played a couple of the the trading card games. There was like a Marvel and DC game that was out and there was a Naruto card game that I briefly played as well. But in about, I want to say like 2016, I played uh, the Pokemon card game for the first time. And I like fell for it like really hard. (laughs) Like I was so into the Pokemon trading card game and uh, I graduated college, came back to Connecticut and realized that here in the New Haven County, there wasn't a lot of places to play Pokemon. There's some places up north of the the state, but in New Haven County, there's people that sell it, but there weren't a lot of people that were actually playing it. So I got connected with a, a local store that was in Wallingford and I started playing other games there and and talking with them and finally I was just like I need to just make a space where I can play this game and start teaching it so I started this like once a month tournament series at my church actually in the basement it started out as just like a free thing that was kind of made for outreach and that is something that grew and soon enough I wanted to like make it another business because I liked it so much so in 20 20- 20, I got like a a DBA. And I was all like excited, you know, about like, doing the the game store thing. And then and then COVID happened and shut down. So, so that didn't happen right away. And I still like every now and then people look at my like trade name certificate. And they're like, Wow, you got these in January of 2020. And I was like, Yeah, I did And it. And then I took a really long break from it, which was, it was, you know, it was whatever everybody was doing that, right. -hmm. But I had a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur contact me, and uh, he contacted me in, I want to say it was like August. So it was kind of right after the initial shutdowns, like things were not fully back to normal, but everybody was kind of getting stir crazy. And we crafted this idea to start doing something a little more seriously. So it started as a once a week instead of a once a month, and then it grew into uh, what it is now. So we've had a brick and mortar for almost two years now in Hamden, and we run tournaments every single day. We're open seven days a week. And we also serve coffee there. And so we have uh, like an espresso machine that's like right on the cusp of being like fully functional, which is great. And uh, we do drip coffee and teas and baked goods, Fox and Park soda, things like that. So, and now we play every game, not just Pokemon. like it started, it's, it's pretty much every single game out there.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So it seems like that business kind of grew out of a community that you started and then it kind of moved into the brick and mortar. What was the transition like to brick and mortar? Cause like for me anyways, i always specifically with brick and mortar think about like all the overhead costs and the rent and you know all that sort of thing what was it like to like make that jump and was it a, a difficult one or what was that like uh it was definitely
1: difficult it was definitely difficult so we were running it at the church and we were kind of like happily doing that because it was during the covid and it was like small groups of people and stuff like that but we found out that by doing that we were kind of endangering some of the like tax things that churches get from the government, mm. which is kind of a big deal because it's like, it's not like we're working on a huge budget at the church. So if we were to lose some of the tax breaks, it would be pretty detrimental. So we found that out and we were like, oh man, we have to do something about this. Cause we were just not aware that we couldn't do what we were doing at the church. So we figured it out and we were like, okay, it's time to make a, make a jump. So we started looking for spaces and, It was tough because there was a lot of places empty, but also landlords still wanted a lot of money for their spaces. So it was this weird thing where their space had been empty for a long time, but they weren't really willing to go down. And we finally found this space that somebody, it had been empty since 2019. And at this point it's 2021. So it had been empty for several years, or actually I think it had been empty prior to that, but the landlord had acquired it in 2019 and it was empty then. We walked into the space, it was like all water damage and it was like a complete mess. Uh, both me and, and my business partner have done a lot of like construction-y type things in the past that so were all pretty handy. So we made this offer to the landlord that we would revitalize the space on our own dollar if he would give us like a break. So essentially for the first, for the first year, we were essentially paying half price for the space. And then it went back to like full price. So we pay much more for the space now than we did in that year. But in that year, we tried to do all the construction and stuff ourselves. It did take a little longer than we wanted it to, but we ended up fast tracking the game side and then slow rolling the cafe side so that we can get our community back playing as soon as possible. And that was really good. And people like came out in droves and we built new communities and we started carrying new games and things like that. We're in a really good spot. Because like I said, there's not a ton of places in New Haven County that will run these games at like a organized play level. So each company has like certain tournaments that you get that are their organized place, their official tournaments for that. And there's some stores in the area, but they're not doing that for every game like we are. And they're also not always focused on the playing community. Sometimes they're just flipping product. Because at the end of the day, it's a retail business, right? But we see it as like just as much a service provision business as we do a retail business, because we want people in the store playing with other human beings and creating a community around each game. So it's pretty neat.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Also, can you talk to me about like what it was like to go into business with somebody and to have a business partner? Um, I've always been kind of solo in in, in my adventures, but kind of feel like I don't know, some sort of feeling that I would want to do something with somebody because I, I, I've i seen it and I've seen other people have business partners and like balance each other out and that sort of thing. Um, but then always think about like the negative aspects of it. It's like, wow, well, I don't want to ruin a relationship or I don't want to like, you know, yeah. get screwed over by somebody or something like that. How, how do you manage of uh, like not listening to that and like going for it? And then um, what are the strengths and weaknesses that you guys can work together with?
1: I'll be honest about that. It can be difficult sometimes to have a business partner, especially if your business partner is like really different than you are. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes down to communication, you have to make sure that you guys have communicated about things ahead of time. I had the advantage of like, when I started my work at the church, I always had a partner there. So me, me and my father are like co pastors. So it's not kind of like a boss employee situation. So I came from a partnership context, which was really helpful. And I also came from a context where it was very clear that I had a certain set of skills and that he had a certain set of skills. And so we were always kind of codependent on each other for certain things. And it works out really well at the church. So jumping into that context with somebody else that I obviously don't know as well as I knew my father, you know, obviously, but uh, it was definitely scary. But because of the fact that I do so many things, I'm acutely aware of the fact that I cannot do everything alone. Even just simply like time at the business, right? We're open 7 days a week. I have other other jobs that I do, so I cannot be there 7 days a week. And I think some of it is just that like you have to recognize your own limitations and if you want to do something that means that you're saying no to doing something else. And so you have to have somebody that's going to be there during your away time. So that was something that I was always anticipating which was helpful for the process, but Honestly, it's a lot of trust and whether or not you agree with everything that your business partner does, you have to have a measure of trust or the relationship isn't going to work. And the business is, I think, going to fail because, yeah, you just have to trust that your, your business partner is doing their best for your business. And I definitely trust my partner to make decisions at the business when I'm not there. And, uh, you know, he wears some hats that I don't wear now. He's kind of taken over certain things. Like he has cafe experience. I do not have cafe experience. So he's totally all things cafe are, are you know, under his umbrella. And uh, I think he's doing a good job so far. But even if even if there's stuff that I would have done differently, I still need to be able to relinquish control of certain things. And he needs to relinquish control over certain things with me as well for it to be successful. And whenever we've clashed before, which really has not been very often, which I'm thankful for, it's because one of us was not relinquishing control of something that we should have and uh, trust in the other person.
0: Mm, yeah, that's that's really good advice. I think is without that trust, you know, you're kind of putting up that wall or prohibiting them from doing what they think is best. And I think that's a, that's a good insight from, from experience. So appreciate that. So you have this game cafe, you work at the church and you also do guitar lessons and stuff like that. Basically have like three full-time jobs. How do how do you manage it all? Like you were saying earlier, you know, you got to know your limitations, but how do you, how do you manage your time and, and how do you decide what to put your energies into?
1: Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the always present question in my life. So I I guess I'll start by saying, you have to be honest about where you are in your life. And you can't overextend yourself if you have other commitments in your life. So what I mean by that is I'm I'm a single guy. And I don't have a family of my own, you know, I don't have kids, I don't have a wife. And so I have the unique ability to spend more time than somebody that isn't a family. But if you're somebody that isn't a family, like you should be prioritizing your family. You're just not gonna have as much time as I do for for your careers. And so I think that's something, that's the first step is you have to be honest about like your stage in life, where you're at, what your priority is for that time. Right now my priority is my, my three businesses. And so I can spend more time than, you know, the average work week is for most people. So I tend to work about, 90 hours a week usually so i'm working a lot and that's not something that's going to work for everybody but it works for my stage in life that might not be how it is forever but that's how it is right now for me so uh so that's definitely the first thing like you have to be honest about like how much time are you actually going to sink into this and uh i'm having a i'm having a great time I, i love what i do i enjoy it and uh i'm not really upset at all that i that i work 90 hours although sometimes i need a small break and i uh we'll carve that time out sometimes. So, But as far as like balancing between the three, I have dedicated days for them. So on Wednesdays, I do all Unison Studio stuff. So I do all music stuff on Wednesdays. I do my best not to do anything else on, on Wednesday other than music stuff. Thursday is the same for the church. So I do only church stuff on Thursdays. So I try to be like totally dead to the world in terms of everything else other than church stuff on Thursday. And then the business is a little easier because it has actual hours that it's open. So Mm. uh, obviously, I'm, you know, there on the other days for for business operating hours. But there are also certain times in my schedule, like Mondays and Fridays, I know that before 4pm, when when this business opens, that's kind of like a catch day. So if I have something that needs to be done, like by the end of the week, I'm often working on it, Monday mornings, or Friday mornings, and it doesn't really matter what business it's for it's just something that i'm working on whatever's urgent or super necessary on those days and then i try to keep a like a to do list which is something that I'll, i you know i struggle to do the to do list but i also understand the benefits of the to do list so i'm doing my best to you know write notes for myself on the last time i worked on this so like sometimes i won't do music stuff between or i should say i won't do unison studios stuff between wednesdays so on the wednesday that i'm working on it i'm trying to like make notes so they don't have to waste time the next wednesday refamiliarizing myself with whatever project i was working on so i i try really hard to be organized in that way and uh, i would definitely highly recommend that to everybody like just make a to-do list so that you don't have to waste time figuring out what you have to do that day just know already what you're supposed to do i read a book one time called the one thing and it's it's a it's a pretty good book for, for anybody that's looking to get into business. And the argument there was like, what's the one most important thing that you could do that day? And I find that I have one of those things for each business. I don't necessarily do the one thing for each business every day, but I try to be like, what is my topmost priority in this moment for that thing? That's the thing I'm gonna work on. So
0: yeah, I like the idea of having dedicated days to certain things because I also have like, you know, different projects and stuff going on. And I I find that sometimes I'll just neglect it for a long time, you know, for weeks and weeks. And then I'll be like, oh, I didn't work on that thing. Let me go work on that now. So I like the idea of being able to consistently put time towards things and even break it up day wise, because I would imagine that probably also helps being in one mindset and not having to like switch gears and switch your mind to doing a different thing. So I I certainly like that. I'll have to uh, I'll have to try that out for myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, have you ever heard of this thing called the flow state before? I have, yes. Okay, cool. So I feel like sometimes, especially with music, we talk about this where it's like, you just kind of get into this rhythm where it's just like you're firing on all cylinders. And I wish that that was the case, like every time that I spent a full day on something, it just isn't, that's just not realistic. But I find that you can get into this this rhythm of just firing at 100% at what you're doing when you spend extended amounts of time in that you know mind space so Mm -hmm. if i'm writing music for like a whole day maybe not all the music is good but maybe i'll find that like for a couple hours in that day i will be at like 100 percent output for for that moment so i find that you can actually be more effective when you spend larger amounts of time on things i feel like our attention is so fragmented often Mm-hmm. And sometimes mine is too. I'm not saying that I'm an expert at like focus, but I do find that like you have to have like dedicated time to just get in the zone and get stuff done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I guess the the counterpoint to that would be like, well, how do you how do you avoid distractions? All right. Like how, if you're in music all day, how do you avoid not checking your email for the game cafe? Maybe you have a customer who like mm-hmm. needs something. How do you put that? out of your mind for that one day, or or do you not?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So uh, first I take dedicated breaks. It's something that mm. they actually teach you in, in college because for music, music is such a crazy degree to get. Like if, <laughs> if anybody out there is like going, going to school for music, you know what I'm talking about, but like they expect you to do so much work that you're not getting any credit for. So like I was not a performance major, but I was still expected to practice guitar for like hours a week. You know and my like one credit composition classes because that was my focus i was expected to compose for three hours a day on top of my like 18 credit semester right so it's like they teach you to be really effective with your time because they actually know that you can't do everything that they're asking you to do but they try to like equip you with tools and one thing that they they equipped me with was you need to figure out what your rhythm is and when you need to like step away from something because you could be like sometimes you're practicing your instrument and it is just like a wrestling match between you and your instrument like it's just not happening and there has to be a moment where it's like okay I know I need to like walk away and take a take a lap around the building or something but I find that I can't really work on something for more than like 2 hours and so if I like if I'm like, writing a sermon for church I could write for like an hour and a half or 2 hours and then I'll get up and I'll like stretch my legs and I'll go Do something else, like a watch, like a music video or something like that. And then I'll come back and I can do like another, you know, maybe hour and a half. And I find that like decreasing increments of time. So if I start with two hours and then I take a break and then I can do like an hour and a half and then take a break, then I can do like an hour. And I've just found that that works for me. And, you know, a lot of people can kind of find that rhythm. As far as like checking emails, I really try not to be a notification slave. Uh, I have a very active Discord for Unison Games Cafe and constantly getting Discord notifications. And I've just kind of learned that I don't need to check everyone. That helps to have a business partner. My business partner is the type of person that checks his notifications when he gets them. And that, I guess, is helpful for me because I can do something I can do something like check my email once or twice a day instead of having to check it at all times. I don't know. I don't find that there's very many things that are so urgent that you have to get back to somebody immediately in an email anyway. So yeah. I, I think you can kind of relinquish this idea that you're so important to everybody that you have to get back to them within five minutes
0: right yeah it's almost like an ego thing (laughs) yeah um which i like i was actually thinking about this this morning i think about like how i do have the push notification for my email on my phone i can open it and see like you know the first sentence or two so i can kind of get an idea what it is and then i'll like you know not open it but i'll know that it's there and then i'll be using my brain energy thinking about it and thinking about responding to it and then i'm like totally I, if I didn't read that, I wouldn't have been put myself in this position where I'm, you know, distracting myself with this thing that I haven't even fully read yet. Um, right. so that's right. an interesting thing. And then I thought about like, well, why do I even have these push notifications? Like I, I know that it's not a good idea to distract myself with them, but yet I still check them every day and think like, Oh, well it's fine. I'm just not reading the whole thing. I'm just re- looking at the headline. So it's, you know, it's not right. the same, but really it's still distracting me. <laughs>
1: The laptop banners are rough for me because I spend a lot of time on my mm-hmm. computer. I hate like phone technology. I just don't enjoy like I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's like the size of it. I don't know. Whatever it is, I find I'm like even like texting. I do it almost exclusively from my Mac. And uh, <laughs> the the email banners that go in like the top right hand corner of the screen it can be they can definitely be distracting for sure. But uh, yeah, I've done my best to kind of tone them tone them out. I grew up in like yeah. I have I have two younger siblings. And so we, there were like five of us, and my sisters were like always kind of loud, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I love them like a ton, and we're all super close still. But I think growing up in like a family like that, that we were all like super close, and um, so you're like you know kind of in the thick of it with your family, and and it, and it can be loud and stuff like that. I developed like this skill to just kind of like tone stuff out, mm. you know, and like get work done. So if I was like we were all like doing homework at the table. And they were being loud. I kind of developed this skill to still like be able to, yeah, get in the zone a little bit, even even with a lot of distractions. So, hmm.
0: interesting, yeah, a little bit of practice focus for uh, all the distractions we face nowadays. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so I want to kind of you know shift gears a little bit and talk about your new venture, which is a multi use studio. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that and what your plans are for it?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Unison Studios is what I've been calling my music business for a long time now. And it's just kind of, you know, I have like this buzzword, Unison, but Unison Studios is up to this point, it's been my lesson studio. So all the lessons that I've done, it's been when I go out and I perform at different places, like the invoice says, like Unison Studios, and it's also been something that you can see like in my YouTube descriptions and stuff like that. But up to this point, that's all it's been. It's just kind of been a note attached to what I've been doing musically. But I am almost closed on a lease for a brick and mortar space for Unison Studios, which is super exciting. And the vision for the space is like you said that it will be multi use. And what I'm trying to do is address some of the pain points that I've had as a freelance musician for all this time that I've been doing that. So some of those are like with teaching, it's really difficult to get all your students into like a central location. A lot of teachers, when they start, they're traveling to and from students' houses. And I just found that that's a complete waste of time because most of my students will come to me and I could have students in the time slots that it takes to get to their houses. And so I have, currently I'm teaching the first half of my day at Unison Games Cafe in one of our rentable private gaming rooms. And so I'm there for my first half. And for the second half, I go to my church and I teach there. And even that is having to like travel in the middle of your day from one location to the other location. It's not a terribly long trip, but it breaks up the day in a way that I feel like again, another student could be in that time slot, or like a lunch break could be in that time <laughs> spot, you know. So the first thing that I thought of with the space was just having rooms that are dedicated and that are rentable for teachers just like me that have a student. So a lot of studios will hire teachers and they'll pay them like an hourly rate and they'll have them teach lessons. And I'm significantly less interested in doing that. And I'm more interested in having somebody pay me like five bucks an hour, or 10 bucks an hour to use this room. And then the, everything they're teacher-client relationship is just totally between them. Like I don't have to handle that money at all. You just essentially pay a fee. There's a piano in the room if you're doing piano, or you can bring your guitar and just teach your lesson out of that. So I just look back and I wish that was something that I had access to back then. So that's the first thing that i'm thinking about then there's a podcasting studio that's in the works that is a similar thing like i feel like a lot of people want to break into podcasting but they don't have the money to buy the equipment that makes your podcast sound good and uh, they also don't want it to sound bad so they're kind of like caught in in this limbo and so that could be like another room that there the equipment's already set up you walk into it there's a little bit of training on how to use the equipment that's required for renting the room and then you're ready to go you sit down you record and you leave and maybe there's a computer for editing in there um things like that and again you could just kind of rent it for an hourly rate and part of it could be an educational experience about teaching you how to manage your own podcast or maybe you could link up with somebody that would do podcast management and and do it that way so and then of course i'd love to do a recording studio in the space as well i've been recording we were just talking offline about like my mobile recording rig right now that's like less than ideal it works for what i'm doing but it's it's less than ideal And I would love to have a dedicated space where even like storing instruments would be great because my room is like littered with instruments. And so like storing instruments, but also having a microphone like close at hand, ready to set up so I don't have to spend like half hour setting up my rig every time I wanna record something and just kind of walk into a room and uh, start recording. So, So that would be great. And of course that could grow into recording other people as well and doing collaborations with people. And it could be a space where I do a little bit more audio engineering or hire other people to do auto engineering and then a big thing for me is I love I love producing like I love if you bring me like a song that you've written and are like, hey, what do I do with this? I would love to be a voice for people that are getting into songwriting and things like that because I have the technical know-how because my degree was very theory heavy but I've also written like hundreds of songs at this point so I would love to be able to to help people out with figuring out you know orchestration or figuring out things like that. And again, a studio is just so helpful to have on hand when you're doing producing because you can walk into the studio and record something just like right off the bat and then kind of mess with it and see what works and what
0: doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I for sure like the idea of of having a multi-use studio because, you know, I mentioned to you offline that I used to have a podcast studio out in Nogatuck and it was just for podcasting. And it's kind of, it's hard to, to make that work when that's the only thing that's going on and you need to charge a certain amount because it's the only thing that's going on. But if you can have these sort of self sufficient rooms where people can come, you know, follow some instructions, and you don't need to be there, that like changes the game as far as being able to make money at the space when you're not there. So I really like that idea of being able to kind of lower the barrier to entry by making it a collaborative effort and and being able to, you know, get to the overhead and, and still make it profitable with more than one thing. So I think that that's a really smart idea. And Looking forward to uh, to w- what comes of that. Tell me a little bit more about the space that you're looking at. And you said there's a little bit of renovations that need to be done to it and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, so when I was looking for spaces, I was like thinking about my budget and the intended like business that I want to do. And I was started looking at empty spaces because if you want to build a studio, you're going to have to do some kind of construction anyway, because yeah, there's just ways that you're going to have to create a better acoustic environment for what you're gonna be recording. So I knew I was gonna to have to do construction, but after having done it with Unison Games Cafe, I was like, I can find a space that's been empty for a long time and renovate and make it exactly how I want it and get a deal on the rent, hopefully. So I found this space that's been empty for a long time and offered that I would renovate it and uh, if we could work out some kind of you know, deal for the space. And so I have a space that I have a really good deal on. Um, like I said, the the final touches on the lease are being put on as we're talking. So I'm hoping to check my email after this and have a lease. It totally could happen today. So yeah, it's looking like a great opportunity. It's in North Haven on Broadway Street, and it's kind of like right near the town green of North Haven. It's It's a nice area. There's stuff close by. It's very accessible. It's not on the main road, but it's right off the main road and uh like i said 15 and 91 the two major highways here are just like right there so so i'm really excited about the space and they gave me some time to do the construction where essentially i will have signed the lease but i won't start paying until after a certain point so yeah sometimes it takes a little extra work to find deals like that but a lot of time you know, what I'm doing for that space is mutually beneficial for me and the landlord. And I think that's the key. And that was the key with Unison Games Cafe too, is like it was mutually beneficial between me and the landlord. And so I think that's how you have to go after it is, is find something that works for you and make it something that people can buy into.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... That's really good advice. And probably, you know, not just as far as like leases, but even in business partners and stuff like that, I imagine it was a similar kind of mindset of being like, well, how can we both benefit from this situation? Um, Mm -hmm. And kind of just showing, at least in the landlord situation, showing them like, hey, this is why it's going to benefit you. Here's why it's going to benefit me. And then, you know, you can close the deal easier that way. So yeah, again, some really good advice. (laughs) So, uh, you know, as we're we're, we're coming to the end of our time here, uh, I got a couple more questions for you. One question being, what does purpose mean to you? And, you know, that's kind of like the the word of this podcast is purpose. And it seems like up until this point, you've you've done things that, you know, you are important to you and things that you enjoy. But what does purpose mean to you?
1: Yeah. I've been thinking about this. I've been, I've been binging your podcast. I love this <laughs> podcast, man. You do you, you such a great job. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so cool. Such a cool project. I'm glad that I'm glad that I got connected with you in this way. So I've been thinking about this question and it, you know, I think it's multi-layered and I do think it's different for every person. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. So I do believe that Jesus has something to say about purpose. And, uh, I understand that that's not necessarily going to be what every listener's opinion is and that that's okay. I get that. But I do think that there is some innate things within each person that we feel happy when we do certain things. And I think that, you know, the Lord works in, in that as well. So for me, purpose is like partially just being able to enjoy your life. I think that that's huge. And, uh, I also think that we are designed as humans to live in community. And in living in community, I don't want my life just to be about me and about what makes me happy. I also want it to impact other people and uh, really better their lives as well. And so for me, it's also about how do I fit into the community that I'm in right now. So like when I started playing games and I started going to tournaments for Pokemon, right, I, I felt a connection to the the Pokemon community, and I wanted to do something for them, and that's how I started Unison Games Cafe. And uh, the same is true, like you you heard me say earlier that like I want to address some pain points that I felt being a music teacher. Like I want to put something out there that's that's beneficial for music teachers. And I find that like you can make money and help people at the same time, and that's just like a slam dunk because I do feel like it's it is very. I find a lot of meaning in helping others and benefiting the communities that, that I'm a part of. And of course, yeah, following Jesus while, while doing that and kind of pointing people to him as well and saying like, hey, you know, the reason why I want to help people so much is because that's kind of what his story is all about.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with a, lot, with a lot of what you said there. Um, and the community piece of it, I think, is super important and can certainly get lost, especially, you know, nowadays when we can be virtually connected. But it's not, not really the same, in my opinion, Um, so so I like, yeah, so I like how, um, your businesses are, are, you know, even started from the community aspect of it. And I think that's, that's a really cool idea and something that I'm trying to involve myself more in. And even this project is, is more so about the community piece of it. I I meet cool people that I want to talk to and interview and and to show other people that they're doing cool things and to support in that way. So yeah, I, I would agree that, you know, community is a huge piece of it. So that brings me to my last question. And um, what's what's next for you? And how can people support you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about Unison Studios. I'm hoping that that's like very much next for me. I'm excited to get in and start doing construction. I already have like a floor plan drawn up. So I'm excited to uh, go in and like make that a reality. I think it's going to be a big paradigm shift for me. I think weirdly enough, having a brick and mortar, I think is actually going to save me time <laughs> in uh, my business currently, just because of all the running around that sometimes happens there. So I'm really excited about that. Of course, you know, there's always like new initiatives as well at the church and at Unison Games Cafe also. And so I'm always looking to, uh, you know, t- touch more people and to really, yeah, communicate with them the vision of what's what's going on there. So yeah, I'm hoping that happens. I actually do have a, a central like landing page for everything. Like I said, my, my buzzword is Unison, U-N-I-S-O-N. So I have a website called unisonco.com. And uh, when you go to that, it has like the three things right there. And you can click in and one of them takes to the store's website. One of them goes to the Unison Studios website. And the other one goes to like a blog series that I have that is not terribly active, but but it is there for for Unison Church as as well, which is kind of what I call some of my ministries as well.
0: Awesome. Yeah, well, I'll definitely put the, the links in the show notes so people can get to that. And um, maybe one other thing, uh, what what are your store hours? So if people are interested in stopping by the store in Hamden, uh, when can they stop by? Yeah, definitely.
1: So we're on Whitney Avenue in Hamden at 2285 Whitney Avenue. And every day is 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. except for Saturday, which is 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. So it's like kind of like an after work thing, we are planning on extending those hours once we start making like hires and stuff like that. But for right now, while it's just the two owners, we're 4pm to 10pm. And you can find like a whole event schedule on our website and on Facebook as well, where you can find out like what games we play what days so if you're into certain games, but but we're also just there if you want to just grab a cup of coffee and uh, hang out as
0: well. Awesome. Yeah. So again, I'll put everything in the show notes so people can easily find their way there. And uh, thanks so much for for being on the podcast and I appreciate you uh, giving us your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Working Towards Our Purpose. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend and don't forget to subscribe for more episodes.